Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. Hot radio. Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain spoilers. On this week's May Contain Spoilers, we look suspiciously at every item of food as we review Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. We'll also let slip the documents containing our thoughts on the Fifth Estate and pretend to be cool as we look at the hip-hop hoax. If you've seen any of the films we're talking about this week, then join in the discussion by tweeting us at Filmspoilers or by emailing maycontainspoilers at hot1028.com. Out on my boat with a pickle that I still... The frowny one, sour eyes, a real bitter pill. She's so sweet with her onion pet pearl. Pitchy pickles to fish, that's my crazy world. Tell you, if only Flint liked fishing as much as you guys. <laughs> Why am I talking to a pickle? Don't look at me. Way too soon to see what's gonna be. Don't look at me. Paul McCartney and you taken from the soundtrack to Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs 2 and we're going to be reviewing Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs 2 on tonight's May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham. I am Drew Bridger. And I'm JP Stockwell. And as I say, we've got reviews of Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Fifth Estate, also The Hip Hop Hoax. Drew, this week you've got some crowdfunding corner. I do indeed. Can you give a slight hint as it's, to what it's about it, it's it's about sports, sports actually it is about sports oh, change of direction yeah change of direction and uh, this week JP you've got film news and sofa cinema for us yep I've got all the uh, all of the features you you request me for or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> good I wonder where you're going with that well done yeah. uh, well you so, forced me to yes uh, well you know it's a team it's a team yeah. effort uh, on tonight's show uh, also we want to have uh, your thoughts on spin-offs because this is something which has seems to become more prevalent recently. Yeah. Uh obviously we've got the uh especially in TV. Yeah. yeah. Spin-offs from film to TV is what we're interested in. So the last couple of weeks we've had Marvel's Agents of Shield obviously spin-off from the Marvel universe in films and the Avengers and that sort of thing. Also we've got Bates Motel obviously based on the Psycho films. Mm. And also the other one, which Hannibal. Uh, is Hannibal. Yeah. All, they're also doing a Dracula series sometime soon as mm. well, which, you know, that looks kind of interesting, but also playing on a lot of sort of Twilight and True Blood and everything like that that's going around at the moment. Yeah, so, so. we want to know, what are your thoughts on spin-offs? Would you be happy to see a TV series spin-off from your favourite film? Or do you think it's just a bit cheap and a bit of a sort of letdown? Because, you know, mm. it's kind of taken everything you love about a film but without the bits that make it. So a good example of this too is the, the Batman yeah. one with the Commissioner Gordon spin-off TV yeah. series which you watch a Batman film you want Batman you don't want Commissioner Gordon no especially if he exactly. doesn't even mention Batman I mean it could be interesting but it could be sort of them introducing all of the Gotham villains but at the same time it's like the, there is a reason why you watch that yeah I mean there is also the other option of it going the other way so spinning off a TV series into a film which would surely make it better because that's what they did with Firefly with Serenity and that was amazing 
amazing. So mm. you know, maybe it only really works one way. Maybe that's yeah. a theory to consider. Or they turn uh, popular TV series into films is the other one. But Simpsons. Yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> if you've got thoughts on that or if you want to tell us your uh, your feelings on any of the films we're talking about this week, at Film Spoilers is a place to tweet or may contain spoilers at hot1028.com is the email address and uh, we will mention any tweets or emails we get later on in the show. But let's talk about our first film of the week, which we all saw this week, which is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. And uh, I remember when Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs... I might just call it Meatballs for sure. Meatballs. Cloudy. Cloudy Meatballs Cloudy win. 1. It was a real kind of treat when it first came out. It was, uh, yeah. it, it was a real surprise how much I enjoyed it and how funny yeah. I found it. Nice little gem. Yeah, of, and of a find. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really know too much about the uh, the fact they were making a second one, so it came as a nice surprise. I wasn't up up to date with the uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two sort of message mm. boards, checking up on there to see <laughs> what news there was of a sequel. So uh, when I I saw the trailer for the first time, it came as a, a nice surprise. So the story of this one is, I think it follows directly after the first film and. Uh, the machine that Flint made that kind of spewed out uh, food the from... The Flintstomer Yes, I wasn't going to attempt to say that, but well done. Yeah. Uh, takes in water, sends out food, is still on the island, chucking out food. There's this uh, kind there's of... There's a twist, though. There's a twist, yeah. There's a global corporation run by Chester V, who's sort of like a Steve Jobs-type character. Yeah. And uh, he wants to clean up the island, but it turns out he might have slightly different reasons for wanting to go back there. What? is that thing cheesy it appears to be a living cheeseburger with french fry legs and sesame seed eyes living food oh no this could only mean one thing the flistafumener survived the explosion and it's still operating this is what worries me most they're trying to learn to swim if they succeed and get to the mainland, they will destroy monuments all around the world, including the one monument your food storm didn't destroy. Not Lady Liberty. I've got to destroy the Flintstone, but how? Well, my Thinkwanauts have invented this. A BS USB. Purposes. A bifurcating systematic universal stop button. Precisely. It would destroy the machine and everything it created. But we cannot find your Flitter's Minisver. We've searched everywhere and failed. Chester, I'll find the machine. I invented it. I, I can fix this. Brilliant. But are you sure you want to take this on alone? Yes. Wait, did you say alone? Alone it is, then. If you succeed, you'll be more than just a think or not. You'll be my hero. Take out of a chance of meatballs too. Stars Bill Hader, Anna Faris, James Kahn, Will Fort, Andy Sandberg, Benjamin Bratt, Neil Patrick Harris, Terry Crews, Kristen Schaal. Basically a lot of people. A and lot of people. The entire cast from the first film too. The difference between this and the first film is it's directed by Cody Cameron and Chris Pinn, whereas the first film was it's Phil, Phil Lord, Lord and Chris Miller. Of course, yeah. went off to direct 21 Jump Street, which also was a surprise yeah. hit too. They, they're given kind of a story credit in this but they didn't write the script and they didn't no. direct it. So that's always a slightly worrying sign. But I there, mean, was, there was also the slight alarm that I had because I don't know if it did actually say it in the front of the title card of, of your screening. It, it didn't on mine, but there, there, is, there is a subtitle for this movie called Revenge of the Leftovers. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that banded about. No, no. Oh but, yeah, I've I've seen it banded about. Yeah, but I think it was it was. As good. for the title card, I don't think we'd no. We'd, it, we'd know it, that. it was it wasn't on mine either. But it it that that was 
I guess, going to be its kind of little subtitle. And that made it seem like it made it sound like it was going to be more of the one of these kind of straight to dvd sequels just mm. by that sound of that title made well, it seem that way and i, and I was worried yeah. that it would be but I, I can see how some parts of this film can be can come across as like fairly arbitrary you know suffering slightly from um sequel syndrome sequelitis yeah where it's kind of sort of uh, it's it's like they're trying to go Bigger and better, but they're still playing a lot off of off of the first one. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, while a lot of this does suffer from sort of slightly unoriginality in a few places, I do think they managed to make up for it with their ridiculously absurd humour and puntastic moments. Yeah, and it's the the humour in it which I think makes up for all the problems that you kind of mentioned because it is still very funny and despite not being written by the same people it has that same feel as the first film and you're right it doesn't um have the the freshness that cloud of a chance of meat did have but it almost kind it almost embraces the sequel because it's gone a bit moldy in the fridge well maybe (laughs) Uh, i think it embraces the idea of the sequel because if i was to compare it to any film i think and it deliberately nods its head at this this is Jurassic Park The Lost World. It is. It's almost it is. in places it's almost exactly Jurassic Park The Lost World. I they thought go, parts of it were also very much like Avatar. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I can see <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with the kind of world building. Yeah. But they go back to so they've left the island originally, which that they are at for the first film, and they need to find a reason to go back. And the reason to go back is for Flint to con- to to win back the uh, the inventor guy that he's trying to impress. And he goes back there and a lot a lot of the sort of establishing shots and the the visuals of the kind of spring onion dinosaurs and the tachosaurus thing yeah they're all (laughs) very similar to the way that they're shot in jurassic park and also a little bit like king kong i thought yeah a little bit yeah it's very like fantasy film inflected so I, i get the whole you know avatar and especially with the dinosaur things that that i was very much uh reminded of of Jurassic Park so that th- is, during that as that well. That is a way that they're sort of putting a very fresh spin on things which I, which I quite like because at the same time it also means that there's a certain creative element of saying how can we make animals out of food? Yeah, yeah. most of the jokes the food animal hybrids. Yeah. And that that's one criticism I have of the film is that most of the jokes and I had the majority of the fun in the first half of the movie when you are being introduced to those veg shrimpanzees fruit slash food animals yeah. and foodimals you once you've met them all there's less jokes but yeah. that first part where they are introducing them is very very funny can you remember any off the top of your head so shrimpanzees um there's the uh, oh, the, the shrimpanzee there's the uh well there was one that was just a tomato that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't list these since no. we can't think of them anyway. Uh, um, the taco dial. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's basically every every pun you could imagine involving yeah. a fruit. You get a little bit of. So that that was all really good, and just just the whole. It's a little bit like the Simpsons. I mean, you mentioned the Simpsons before, where there's a little bit of depth to the joke. So you can be watching the main character um, Flint Lockwood talking, and if you look to the edge of the screen. You can see Steve the monkey doing something, or there's something going on in the background, and things you would miss the first time round. And it has that little bit of depth, and it's it's just funny. Basically, there's enough jokes in it to to make it 
get away with yeah. the problems with it. And I, I and I mean, it's thoughts. not like they're huge problems, though. It was either. a bit predictable. You if, know exactly where it was ever, going. Yeah, well, ever only slightly because you know there is only a certain amount of that that you can really get away with in what is what is essentially a kids film we've got to realize this is not a film that was made primarily to be aimed at us <laughs> and it, yeah it's not us they're trying to win over but it does still work yeah it exactly. doesn't that's the what's jokes, brilliant about and, it and with kids films it's the comedy normally that i find most annoying yes and the comedy in this doesn't feel annoying to me the thing is i don't know how it would work with a 5 year old but I would think they would find it funny. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because, but. I mean, that's the thing about puns. Like, you know, kids kids get puns. There's a leak in the boat. How is, the, that, how is that not funny? That is a great joke, to be fair. Yeah. Anytime they, they mention, then they use that, they go to that well a few times. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's still funny, so. It's, it doesn't get old. Yeah. It's, it's I, part I, of it. I was... Very much looking forward to the film, but had reservations because I liked Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs so much. Yeah. And I think it lived up to my expectations, although I didn't love it as much. And, and maybe that's just because it's not as fresh. I think it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a combination of that and also that this one it is kind of more focused on it being like the big plot kind of thing but whereas the first one did have a bit more focus on the characters and like the relationship between Flint Lockwood and the the girl whose name I can't remember but who's voiced by Anna Faris Sam Sparks yeah. and there, there was all those parts in the in the original one where Flint's doing all of his experiments and it would be like you know Molostafla flying and 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 all of all of this stuff and yeah that was stuff that I really enjoyed because it was it was focusing on his character as well as all mm. of the other plot stuff. And you Whereas get a, this seems to be like the setup of the plot, and it just sort of ha- you get feels like it has to play it out. Yeah, but you get the the relationship between him and his his father is sort of the the focus of this, and the fact that he maybe turns his back on his friends in order to impress his hero. Yeah, but you're right; you don't get that whole getting to know the character and finding out the way that the machine and the food works. And actually, maybe it's just that. As a conceit, these the machines turning food into animals and turn, bringing it to life isn't as interesting as the, no, exactly. the original idea of the first film was. And I like the fact that it, it addresses that because it says, I think at some point someone says, why is this happening? And he says, oh, well, don't worry about that. It explains <laughs> it a little bit and says, but don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Basically saying this doesn't really make any sense, but go with it. And I think, you know, it's jokes like that, you know, it's sort of from the outside that... You know, the parents taking the kids to this can sort of go, <laughs> I see what they did there. Like, you know, the BS USB we were just talking about, that was one of the most adult jokes. Because I think they actually referenced that. Because the guy says, it is a BS USB. And, he, and, and I sat there and I went, that is what it means. <laughs> How do they get away with that? I think the, the one of the films it reminds me of uh, in, in kind of style is the uh, Wreck-It Ralph from earlier this year or last yes, year? Yes, this year. And uh, I think I preferred this to Wreck-It Ralph, although I did like Wreck-It Ralph. This I found funnier and less annoying. And I think given the, the choice between the two, I'd rather watch this again. Although, again, I don't know what with the, the kind mm. of younger audience who, who would prefer it. But 
See, I'm not yeah. sure. I really liked Wreck-It Ralph. Um, just, you know, the overall animation of it and the jokes and the whole sort of setup of it and everything. The kind of I really subject liked. matter as well of it being the video. Yeah, well, yeah it's playing, playing into your... It's playing more into, more into, playing more into yeah. my yeah. realm. But yeah. at the same time, I don't, I don't think Wreck-It Ralph had the same kind of puns as this one. There was one brilliant pun in Wreck-It Ralph and that sort of made up for the pun, the lack of other puns that they missed throughout it. This I, was just pun after pun. It was brilliant. The the female character in Wreck-It Ralph I found very annoying, whereas I didn't find Sam very annoying in this. Oh, no. You didn't yeah. like Penelope Von Schweetz. Is that her name? Well done yeah. for remembering. Um, what did you think of <laughs> but the... But also, Wreck-It Ralph didn't have a monkey. Uh, very true. You know, voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, who <laughs> probably did all of his lines in about a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the animation of this? Because it's... I, I didn't remember it being as sort of sparse as it is in in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two in in one, in that the the fruit and veg is not that realistic looking, and I think it's deliberate. Yeah, but it can also look slightly cheap, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that feels that way. Well, I I I saw a preview, uh, like a free preview screening of this, and it was provided to me in 3D so, okay we, we saw it in 2D yeah I mean obviously I would have gone for that if I was paying but um, I obviously you know provided to me so uh, I went with it and I think that I mean kids films are probably the the well kids animated films are probably the the one area where I, I don't mind 3D as much because it seemed because the whole miniaturization thing just kind of seems to fit animation better just because it, it is cartoon stuff yeah um and so with the animation and stuff you are when some of the plot stuff begins to kind of fade interest a little bit you start focusing more on that stuff like the animation and things and i think with the 3d as well it it is something that you know you can focus and look on and it's you know it's quite nice and well done although it it does, I think, have a slight step down from the first one, from what I remember, because there were so many... Because they weren't focusing on the animals part of the first one, it was more these kind of... I mean, there was the... The, the spaghetti, overall the, animation. Yeah, well, there was, uh, there was just things like... I remember the, the one iconic bit from the first one was like the spaghetti tornado whirlwind thing, which was yeah. just quite a unique image and things like that, which... And and there are kind of similar things in in this one, but it's done with the kind of food animals. So there's more sort of world building in that yeah. in the first one. But okay, we know when you get to talking about 3D, it's probably time to to wrap <laughs> yeah, up the yeah. review. So uh, not not you in particular, but just no. in general. Yeah. And uh, what do you uh, what score out of five would you give? Uh, kind of a chance of meatballs to Drew. Um, well, I'm going to give it three and a half because, you know, from an existential perspective, I can appreciate the, the representation of uh, the propaganda against deforestation um, by mankind's own impact and how, um, you know, this is actually all propaganda from Greenpeace, which is advertising the fact and how we need to stop deforestation of it's, tropical rainforests. But also part of me... It's Avatar all again. But part of me also just likes Steve the monkey. So yeah. three and a half. Okay, three and a half and three, JP. I'm going to go with a solid three, three stars as well. I think, um, yeah, it's. It, I don't think it's as solid and you know original as the original was, but that's just because it was. It felt like a fresh kind of wacky idea, and this has to kind of play off that um, to a 
lesser extent, I guess. Uh, but I still think you know it's it's fairly you know enjoyable, harmless fun. <laughs> three stars for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and a half. I think it's not a letdown by any stretch of the imagination. It's still funny. I would happily watch it again. Yeah, I like the fact it's basically Jurassic Park: The Lost World, <laughs> but without Jeff Goldblum. Um, but I, with but with more food. With more food, that's true. And I did come out of this quite hungry. I've got to, that's the only other thing I wanted to say. Well, I, I actually went I in was... having not eaten, and that's, really? that's a bit of a mistake, <laughs> I think. I always I thought about having a thing where we could do the hunger my, films and talk about my, films. That, uh, my my, my preview screening was like ten 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 thirty in the morning on a Sunday, so I'd already had a fair share of breakfast. <laughs> so now everyone knows yeah. what we've had uh, yeah. food wise today, and uh, you know what we thought of Ch- uh, Cloudy for Chance of Meatballs. Three and a half stars from me, three and a half from Drew, and three from JP. If you've seen it, let us know what you thought of it. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. Still to come, JP is going to take us through some Sofa Cinema for this week, and he's also got a review of The Fifth Estate. Yummy Yummy by Ohio Express taking the soundtrack to Cloud of a Chance of Meatballs 2 which we've just reviewed if you've seen it at Film Spoilers uh, is on Twitter or email spoilers at hot1028.com to tell us what you thought of it it's in cinemas for the next two or three days and it disappears for a while and then it comes back again on the 25th which is quite strange but I mean I'm, I'm sure a lot of people the will the world eats it up and then spits it out again a week later something like that yep we more keep, food puns we'll keep these food analogies yep. coming throughout the show don't worry uh, well as well as the food puns JP you've got this week's Dee. Sofa Cinema thanks yep. I was late well. in there uh, <laughs> what is this week's uh, choices for Sofa Cinema these are all things you can catch on Freeview over the next six days or so now I know we talk about themes a lot in terms of uh, our Sofa Cinema theme but uh, unfortunately I haven't got a theme as such but more a, uh, a chain reaction I okay. guess what you might call between uh, so a kind of link between the uh, the films uh, the first one I've got is uh, a classic of, claw- of course uh, Breakfast Club um, that is nice. on uh, five past midnight on Saturday the 19th so this is Friday going into Saturday very early Breakfast Club yeah very <laughs> Late dinner club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's on uh, ITV3. So five past midnight, Saturday the 19th, ITV3. The uh, connection now that I'm going to make to the next one uh, is just a fairly loose one in that it's 80s, 80s okay. comedy. Uh, it's Gregory's Girl, uh, the Bill Forsyth movie. Um, that's on at 10 past 10 on uh, Sunday the 20th on ITV3 as well and uh that the uh next one is uh is the the link is that with uh, Gregory's girl there was uh, a lot of people talking about um a- Richard Airwadi uh you know he was on culture show recently talking about his uh, most recent film with Jesse Eisenberg but among uh his previous film Submarine is also uh on uh on TV as well uh, and amongst 
people saying, you know, it was quite a lot like Wes Anderson inflected. There was a bit of a Gregory's Girl connection some people made. So that's the kind of connection I've made. Okay. Uh, so, so that's Submarine. That's on at 11.45 on Wednesday the 23rd uh, on Film 4. Excellent. So those are this week's Sofa Cinemas from JP, The Breakfast Club, Gregory's Girl and Submarine. And... Uh, I think that's quite a nice mix, and I particularly like. I've never seen Gregory's Girl, so I can't really. No, on no that. neither have I. Yeah. So that's that's. Uh, there we go. That's one chance, I need to catch up. On. A chance to catch it if you haven't seen it before. So uh, Gregory's Girl, Submarine, and Breakfast Club. All this week's Sofa Cinemas from Drew. Still to come after the break on May Contain Spoilers. We're going to take a look at the Fifth Estate, starring Benedict Cumberpatch. Drew has some crowdfunding corner, and also I'm going to have a quick chat about the hip hop hoax. Steve Lanham, Make Contain Spoilers, Hot Radio. You're listening to Make Contain Spoilers. Uh, my name is Steve Lanham, and with me are Drew Bridger and JP Stockwell. And in the previous part of the show, we reviewed Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs 2, gave it 3.5 from me, 3.5 from Drew, and 3 from JP. If you've seen it, at Film Spoilers is a place to tweet us on Twitter. That's Drew's chair, very squeakily going in the I know, background. I didn't, I didn't even realise it did that. That's I hope a that is a chair that's on. not your legs. <laughs> no, that oh, are my, my, my creaky knees. You creaky and your need to oil them. Yeah. You and your rusty knees. Creaky knees. Uh, and whatever I was saying before, email may contain spoilers at hot1028.com is the place to do that. Drew, you have got this week's crowdfunding corner. I forgot we've got a, a, a thing for this. Let's, should we have the thing for this? It's oh, yes! Let's, let's do it! Defeat, defeat hang on, hang on. Having it, this, is, this is very exciting. We have a sting for this. And... I'm just going to make you wait. Oh, no, no, no. I, don't I'm the one wait. who decides when we push the button. <laughs> okay. Crowdfunding corner. Don't let us down now. <laughs> Give us a scoop. Short, shortest sting in history, I think. Anyway, um, I did promise that this one was about sports. Yes. And technically, it is. But yeah. it's also Harry Potter related. Yeah. Right. This is a. Um, this is on Kickstarter. This is a project called Mudbloods. And it is by... Now I'm going to struggle with this name. But it is by F... Neil Barked Sangari. Okay. It is a documentary about the real world sport version of Quidditch and its players and uh, sort of how it came to be real sport that they invented in a college in it's not a real Ameri- sport but yeah it, well no it I exists mean, this is, it doesn't make it, it a real sport it exists as a sport but this is the thing they now play competitively there is now a a Quidditch league there is, you know, there's, um, there's, there's World Cups for it. Admittedly, the cup isn't very big. Um, but it's a, it's a documentary sort of how they came to turn it into a sport. And, you know, the trailer for it is very kind of touching because they're, they're saying a lot of stuff about, you know, how they come together as a team because they're they doing it. Many because friends. They yeah, because they, they can't play real all, sports. Because they already Something. all have. I'm trying to make this up. Steve. No, I like. I like the. To be honest, <laughs> I do like. I like they're all sad. I do like the thought of it as as a documentary. I think it probably is interesting to find out yeah. what possesses someone to pretend to play a sport that's made up for a book. Yeah. Uh, just on behalf of the people that are playing it and for everyone who's listening who plays Quidditch good luck to you but it's not a real sport <laughs> I, I'm not sure that it's, it's got the best way to spend your sticks. time it's got balls and sticks involved it sounds like a real sport to me I don't know but yeah I'm interested <laughs> in it as a documentary so yeah. it was called Mudbloods it is called it's called Mudbloods 
Um, it is there are there is a six hundred dollars already raised of a two, of a twenty five thousand dollar goal, with twenty five days left, and also. I wouldn't be doing myself justice as a bit of a geek if I didn't also quickly mention that there is also a Kickstarter project to uh, raise money to make a series of Bee and Puppy Cat happen, which is a cartoon on Cartoon Hangover from the people that made um, Adventure Time and Bravest Warriors and Fairly, uh, Fairy Godparents and um, everything like that. So, B and Puppy Cat, go and give them money as well. So there you go, two for the price of one this week from Drew on Crowdfunding Corner. So uh, we will tweet a link to both of those. Do you want to? You've, you've created twice as much work for yourself, but you're going to tweet. I'll definitely do one for Mudbloods because I think we want to see that documentary happen. So but, the other, um, the other one that you mentioned, basically, if. It's not that interested in getting it to happen. You can't be bothered to tweet. Well, I, I think they're they're already on their way towards. They don't need too much help. They don't need your help because they've already got a fan base. Happen. The Quidditch, Quidditch doesn't have a fan base. Wow, well, so. clearly. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Mudbloods. This week's crowdfunding corner. I'm sure the documentary is going to be great. I'm not. I'm not dissing that at all. Just the sport. When it comes uh, out and it's your documentary of the year, boy, are you going to eat some no, bots every flavour beans? I think that it's that that the documentary part of it I am interested in the actual you, sport. Mm, you so. will look a right muggle. Mm, well, anyway, <laughs> you uh, this week JP saw the Fifth Estate, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Daniel Brühl. The story of which is a dramatic thriller based on real events that reveals the quest to expose the deceptions and corruptions of power that turned an internet upstart into the 21st century's most fiercely debated organisation. Two people and a secret, the beginning of any conspiracy and of all corruption. Otto. And as it Otto, grows, what is he doing? more lies, deceits and more secrets. But if we can find one moral man, one whistleblower, someone willing to expose all these secrets. That man could topple the most repressive of regimes. What the hell? Otto, my talk is in 10 minutes. And there's the problem. He just ruined my entire presentation. Retribution. Whistleblowers are afraid to come forward because they fear retribution. But what if we could remove that fear? 20 years ago, I bought my first modem and joined a legion cypherpunks fighting for freedom, for privacy, for the right to remain concealed in clouds of code. And even then I knew this technology could hold the key to a whole new form of social justice. Hundreds of volunteers work on the documents we are sent, but we've honed our technology to a point that even I don't know the identity of our sources. And if the whistleblower's identity is secret, then he has nothing to fear. As Oscar Wilde said, give a man a mask and he will tell you the truth. So The Fifth Estate is directed by Bill Condon and stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Daniel Brühl, Peter Capaldi and David Thewlis. JP, what did you think <laughs> of The Fifth Estate? So now that we've just listened to the entire film... Yes, uh, a very long clip. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that this, this had uh, kind of a bit of potential to be able to fill me in quite a lot on some of the details about the whole WikiLeaks phenomenon because I haven't really been catching up that much about it. I mean, I know there's also been the, the documentary that came mm. out recently and I, I hadn't seen that. So I thought that, okay, well, 
you know, I'm not that up to date with it. Just and you know, in the words of uh, to quote Little Britain, should we just watch the video? Yeah, yeah, better. <laughs> so just g- give me a film to watch about it, and hopefully I'll be up to speed and stuff. So that that was the main thing I was interested about this movie, and of course, you know, ben, uh, <laughs> Eggs Benedict um, <laughs> and Daniel Brühl, who was in Rush. Yeah, Rush recently as well, and he he seems to be you know. Uh, rising star and all of that uh so i i was i was quite interested in this and i think that there was a fair bit of uh you know information and and uh you know kind of biopic type st- biopic type stuff that was in there that kind of got me up to speed and there were some fairly interesting you know uh visual uh kind of metaphors for you know presenting all of this you know technology stuff which can be a problem portraying in films like this when you know you've just got people sat typing at keyboards you might want to come up with some inventive visual way of 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 portraying of what's actually going on with all this code that's what they've done with uh benedict cumberpatch's fringe essentially isn't it (laughs) to keep you entertained you have his blonde flowing fringe to constantly flick from side to side (laughs) exactly so but other than that so they've got the fringe but they've also got this uh uh a way of making the digital kind of physical so there's there's parts in it where you're seeing um benedict cumberbatch julian assange as all of these um different uh users of wikileaks because when they were first starting out he was actually creating hundreds of different aliases to you know kind of hack and do all of, and find out all of this information when Daniel Brawl's character uh, didn't know about this and he was actually using that power to be able to get all of this information out there so I thought that was fairly interesting but I think the 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 kind of downside is that after WikiLeaks kind of you know gets to the the main kind of points of um, you know, news stories that you probably would have heard of. You know, so, so when they start leaking sort of bigger, uh, you know, more morally questionable things, the the thing that kind of lets it down a bit is that it doesn't take too much of a um, a bigger stance or you know a harsher stance on either side. It just kind of presents you with the information and doesn't really tell you whether they think that this is bad. On this, on you know the the Guardian side, who are you know trying to work with him and maybe publish some of his s- s- so stories it, and it, things. It lacks a villain, maybe. It just kind of gives you the things that happened and yeah. hasn't said who's done the right thing and who's done the wrong. Thing. Yeah, kind of. And there's you know there are these points in it where you're thinking like, oh, this is you know the, an important moment, you know, where they're leaking uh, footage of. Um, you know kind of mass murderings and things like this and then you're and they're all sort of standing around watching it and then they're having little debates with the guardian and stuff like this but there's this point where you're thinking i'm not quite sure if what i'm supposed to be thinking here i mean i know maybe you're supposed to think that yourself really but the film just kind of doesn't take a stance really which it needs I thought, a little bit of direction doesn't it with that sort of thing you do yeah, sometimes need bit. to be told otherwise because they're the people with all the information so. yeah exactly uh, let's give the fifth estate a score out of five i think overall the film uh is is slightly uh a slight kind of disappointment but i think overall with the um 
with the performances. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch, as I said, is probably turning into one of our newest, greatest thesps. So he does a great uh, performance as Julian Assange, but I think the film overall, I'll probably give two and a half. Okay, so two and a half stars from JP for The Fifth Estate. If you've seen it, we'd like to know what you thought of it. Tell us by getting in touch. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on makeandtakespoilers at hot1028.com. Still to come on Make and Take Spoilers, we're going to take a look at the hip-hop hoax and also we've got next week's new releases. Cody Simpson and Lada D taken from the soundtrack to Cloud of a Chance of Meatballs 2 and we reviewed it earlier in the show remember at Film Spoilers or email make and say spoilers at hot1028.com it's the, te- the place to tell us what you thought of any films you've seen this week also of course JP reviewed The Fifth Estate uh, gave it 2.5 stars wasn't a huge fan of it although he is a fan of Benedict Cumberpatch so if you want to disagree with him as I say at Film Spoilers or make and say spoilers at hot1028.com Another film I wanted to mention this week, which is uh, one that you can catch for free, and yet it's not in Sofa Cinema, uh, is the Hip Hop Hoax. BBC Storyville has have released uh, a selection of their films. So Storyville's kind of a documentary strand the BBC run, and uh, last year they had things like The Queen of Versailles, uh, The House I Live In, things like that. So normally quite new releases. And uh, this year, as part of kind of an iPlayer initiative, they're putting them up before they're shown on TV. So you can watch the first three now. There's the Hip Hop Hoax, uh, the Smash and Grab, the Pink Panther Diamond uh, kind of story, and also the Pussy Riot documentary. I watched the Hip Hop Hoax, which is a story of uh, Cillaborn Brains, two uh, Californian rappers who weren't actually from California. They were from Scotland and pretended to be from America in order to find success. And they kind of did it. And uh, it was a documentary I'd heard a bit about, so I thought I would check it out. And it is a very, very interesting story, quite a well-made documentary. It just lets itself down slightly in the last part of the film, I think, because without giving too much away, it doesn't have the kind of big resolution to that story that you hope there would be. It kind of fizzles out into... Is is it obviously something that's fairly recent and is still ongoing? Uh, no, it was about sort of 2001, oh, early 2000s okay. it happened. But the, the the reason that they never found success maybe wasn't the reason that you would want and it's not the most satisfying end to the film. Although I still enjoyed it. I thought it wasn't as great. I, I thought it had the, the ability to be kind of Searching for Sugar Man or Anvil or something like that, one of yeah. those kind of great rock documentaries. It didn't quite live up to that, but it's still a fascinating story how someone, two people can pretend to be American for the whole of their sort of life with their friends when they're out, when they're drunk all that sort of thing, maintain this accent, hiding the fact they were Scottish, and uh, managed to find a small amount of success. So it's called The Hip Hop Hoax. It's BBC Storyville. You can find it, on the, find it on the iPlayer. I gave it three stars. Definitely worth a look if you're a fan of documentaries. So Hip Hop Hoax. Now, I've got that out of the way. We can talk about this week's film news, which a couple of things which caught our eye. I know the first one uh, is kind of breaking news today, which was that Michael Bay has uh, got into a bit of a scrape. <laughs> 
Yes. My, Michael uh, Bay and air conditioning units. Yeah, well, the, the, there's always, you know, humour to come from anything I, I find in Michael Bay. So, I mean, uh, and this happened on the set uh, during the, uh, the filming that they're doing of uh, Transformers 4 at the moment. Uh, apparently, they closed off a street. Apparently, they paid, well, his, his words, we paid off all the vendors, uh, you know, handsomely, but one particular in particular wanted four times the amount and uh, was a bit angry that he couldn't get out or something onto the street so uh, apparently he got a bit angry and try and took t- tried to take out his anger on Michael Bay with yeah a large air conditioning unit wow <laughs> and uh <laughs> the uh <laughs> the thing I find most funny about it is that Michael Bay always see- he seems to be his own like commercial uh, machine because he was making all these references to things like oh it was like a zombie movie starring Brad Pitt like, <laughs> and he was like and he came at me with his Nike but it was only an Air Max so it so it <laughs> and it's like he's shameless so, basically yeah so even whilst he's making one of these massive commercial blockbusters he has to. Plug, brands. plug it as well, yeah. yeah. And so. it's uh, it's strange because going to see one of Michael Bay's films is a bit like being hit in the face with an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah. that's uh, that's a breaking news today. Also, there was uh, some news involving Darren Aaron, Darren Aaron, 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 Aaron yeah. Aronofsky <laughs> yeah. and uh, Noah. Yes, this is uh, obviously Darren Aronofsky is making uh, a new Noah kind of biopic, and uh, there's been some slight dispute in uh, kind of early test screenings between. Uh, the, the studio well him in the studio uh, and the studio I think it's Paramount that it's behind I might be wrong but the the studio that's behind it have kind of taken a little bit of uh, iffy stance towards it because it's uh, Darren Aronofsky's vision is more leaning towards it being this kind of environmental uh, kind of parable and he I think one of his quotes was that uh, he wants Noah to be like the first environmentalist and it's it's taking more of, of a subtext in that area whereas the studio wanted to be more uh, you know following the, the biblical side of it so there's been some slight disputes there and who's going to get final cut is I guess going to be ongoing debate but um, he should have said if you want me to make that sort of film then I will just be more like Mel Gibson and you'll have to live with the consequences yeah. <laughs> if not I think I'll just do what just I start want. going around bible thumping well yeah. and any yeah. other sort of thumping that I might fancy doing but yeah, yeah I'm, it's, oh, well I'm sure that they will come to some sort of agreement if he's already shot most of it it's going to be difficult to change the, the parable that's already there so yeah. the studio is going to have to live with it aren't they Pretty I'm wondering much. what Darren Aronofsky has to say on the um, on the uh, environmental impacts of air conditioning units. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. He, yeah. Maybe it was him that was throwing it. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, that is this week's film news. Uh, JP, what's that in cinema? Well, no, first of all, let's do DVD and Blu-rays. Let's what's do, it? yeah. Uh, so we have World War Z funnily to enough. mention it. Yeah, funnily enough. Is it a conspiracy on uh, I don't know. Does he, get, does he make money on that? I don't know. No, I don't know. Damn why. you, Bay! Yeah, maybe he's trying to get Brad Pitt in his next Transformers movie or something. Uh, we also have Curse of Chucky, which I don't think got a theatrical release here, or it got a no. brief no, appearance in some kind of fright fest or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Chucky. Um, we also have uh, the Stone Roses Made in Stone documentary, which I know you saw, Steve, didn't you? Yeah, Made of Stone, very, very good. Uh, I was also- all right, it was all right. If you like Stone Roses, okay. yeah, right back. Uh, <laughs> there's also uh, Halloween, the 35th anniversary edition on Blu-ray, new transfer for okay. those that are interested. Uh, there's also The Purge, Hummingbird, starring Jason Statham, Stand Up Guys, and The East. 
Okay, and uh, what's out in cinemas next week? Well, the big one is probably Captain Phillips, uh, the new Tom Hanks and uh, Paul Greengrass movie, uh, Escape Plan, starring Arnie and uh, and Sly. Looking forward to that. Uh, enough said. Uh, the probably the last. Um, on his name Ouch. James Gandolfini James Gandolfini and, uh, yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, we also have Prince Avalanche uh, Turbo uh, officially well s- semi-officially Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too uh, it's it's out for this weekend and then going away for the week and then coming back officially the weekend after there's also uh, previews of um, Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa on the Wednesday and of course Cloudy of a Chance Meatballs as you say is in cinemas then back out again yeah. till the 25th so all very confusing all those in cinemas next week we will have a review of Captain Phillips on next week's show and possibly Escape Plan if we get a chance to see it yeah. too uh, and maybe we'll get to see a few more things we're kind of lining up some ideas for a Halloween special at the moment throwing around some ideas from, for some films older films that we might review because there's not really any great ones out this year so yeah, we no, thought we would go isn't. back and take a look at some scary ones from the past so if you've got any suggestions for what you think we should do for them at Film Spoilers or some of the best ones you've seen yeah at hot1028.com is the place to do that but until next week don't forget you can listen to the podcast you can find it Make a Taste Spoilers podcast on Google or on iTunes but until next week it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from me and eat your leftovers kids and we will finish with a song taken from the Stone Roses, Elephant Stone. And this is a 12-inch mix, which is something special for people if they know. Just <laughs> try not to laugh at the word 12-inch mix, which is uh, very, very good. So until next week, uh, JP tries not to spit water out. It's goodbye from us. Goodbye.